I guess you and I could just sit here and chit chat till people decide to come on, but that would yeah, be like, we could do that. We could do that, but I'm gonna lose my mind if this microphone goes crazy again. So um, far, this is the cleanest we've ever done. I mean, this was a one setup, go live in one take. So, well, let's hold on here. Well, all in one take. I'm so excited. Mm. I think we're live. Hold on. It says live in the upper corner, yeah. Okay, well... I know we're live. Um, I'm just so excited that we're actually live on time. Um, <laughs> thank you for joining us. If you're coming on here, say hello. Play a little, little cute little clip here. How was your weekend, man? Good. We have two versions of that. Um, hmm. There he is on all his beautiful visage. So, um, if you are on here, say hello to us. Let us know you're here. And that would be wonderful. We are doing a little episode today. I'll get you all caught up. We just came on. We decided to do it live. So, there we go. There's that back there. I so love. Now it's not so bad. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you good. So yeah, I keep hearing the computer go on and off. Um, you know what that was? It's the echo from my phone. Oh, okay. Is your phone on? Yes, my phone is now not on. Um, <laughs> Teresa and James are on here. Hello. Say hello to us. Uh, we're doing a little chit-chat today about UFOs, UAPs, which is really kind of interesting because you and I have talked this. Now, I wasn't there when the Phoenix Lights were there the first time because I, was, I wasn't living there yet. Wasn't that like... 1999 or something yeah yeah i don't know if it was yeah it seemed about right 99 i'd have to look up the actual i remember when it happened you know i remember going outside and seeing them and standing on the back patio and uh, and it was a huge news story you know now you said that something like this just happened again yeah just recently about a week and a half ago here in Arizona, people had another mass sighting and uh, lights in the sky. Was it Phoenix? Yeah. Yeah. They were just north of Phoenix where my friends were. They were out doing a little night fishing. And when they were packing up and leaving, they were driving back towards, you know, downtown Phoenix and they saw a craft over the road. I mean, they to the point where they, they pulled over and these guys aren't the type of guys who actually even talk about this kind of stuff they don't if you say that they were non-believers before they were definitely like it was like this was like a fringe topic nothing that they really believed in they've heard about it you know they know people have talked about it but they never had a like a encounter of the what third kind where it's a visual sighting you know right um and there are times, too, where, you know, things are just things. I'll never forget I was out back in uh, Chandler, out back in the uh, back of the house, and it was 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. I can't remember when it happened, but the whole sky lit up like someone had turned the house lights on for, like, yeah. five seconds and then turned it off. It was the wildest thing I ever saw. What it was, we found out later, was a meteor. Really? Yeah, coming yeah. through the Earth's atmosphere had lit up the whole, you know, Phoenix night sky. 
all that part of Maricopa County was like people had their security cams on and it just Whoa. and I could see that. So I turn that down. So as we get started here, I went to look up like Pennsylvania, like UFO sightings to see all over the country. Do you know that for each state there are thousands per state? Yeah. Thousands and thousands and thousands of them. I looked through Mississippi. It took me 15 minutes just to run down the list Jeez. of all the sightings that have been on there. And, uh, you know, there was a time, too, and you know, I've talked about this, where, um, you know, you've ever talked to anyone who kind of has any knowledge about something, usually go, I don't know what you're talking about. That's crazy. Absolutely. You know, and uh, it wasn't too long ago that I talked to two different gentlemen and one female, and all of them are in positions of higher authority than most of us are. Right. And um, I'll never forget, one of those people said to me, I was just kidding. I was like, oh, what about Little Green Men? Because that's not classified anymore. That's all they said. It's not classified anymore. That was the wildest answer I ever got. Hmm. Um, you know, and then the one female that I talked to about it, she was like, oh, yeah. That's all she said was, oh, yeah. Nothing else and nothing more. Ooh. That yeah. Was oh, yeah. Hmm. You know, she never, he and she never th said I was crazy or any of that. I talked to a, a retired Air Force pilot. He was a pretty much a lifer. You know, he he retired from the Air Force and he he was the pilot of the those big huge, I don't know the name of the the plane, but they're the ones that have the antenna on the top of the plane and they basically they stay up and they fly constantly so they get refueled while they're in the air. And we're having like a you know, a more esoteric conversation about things and the topic kind of starts to to like go into UFO. This is before the term UAP was even a, a thing, right. which we're going to get to later. And I asked him about it because I've had all these experiences my whole life, right? And I've, I've had a lot of visual encounters and some pretty cool close-up uh, encounters as well. And as I start to talk about things and asking him questions, he gets really nervous, Rick, and he clams up. And then nervousness turns to, I'd say, hostility, uh, Whoa. anger. Yeah. And he just stops talking, more or less. Like, he didn't want to say anything. He didn't want to not say anything. And our really cool, you know, conversation just kind of came to a grinding halt and it was more or less don't ask me any more fucking questions about what i've seen while i'm flying mm -hmm. now i want to ask you this i don't i don't think i'm not crazy i've noticed this for the last i don't know 10 12 years everything in media like the to the kids programming to all the Marvel movies, all the stuff, all of it has been in the last decade or so, very alien-based, very vibrational space-time stuff. Right. And um, I remember somebody else saying to me that the world needs a very large distraction to come together. Mm -hmm. It needs a huge distraction to come together. Um, now, some people would think it's for the, you know, industrial war complex to make money you know I, I get that too but i think this is like I, I believe when that person said it you need a huge distraction to bring the world together world war ii was that last big distraction yeah and there's a lot of evidence that it's possible that there was a downed uh ufo recovery that happened in europe and that the uh you know, the uh, Nazis might have recovered it. The Russians may have recovered something as well. We had our big 
news story, right? Roswell was like a, a really big uh, news story about it. And then there was a retraction. Everyone knows the whole Roswell story. First they said, yes, it was a downed craft. And then later it was retracted the next day. No, it was a weather balloon. But there's been stories out there that that wasn't even the first time. It was the first time it made public airways. But the government has known about this and has mostly kept it a secret because the general population just doesn't have the wherewithal, the emotional stability and what's needed to really come to terms with the fact that the reality that we know of isn't exactly maybe the real reality that there's another dimension and that these craft and beings are really part of another dimension. And now with U UAP is we're seeing our reversed engineering that we have our own craft. So there's human made UFO craft and then there's organic ufo craft and that there's different signatures that they have and you can tell what's man-made versus what's uh not well ufos are responsible for uaps i always said yeah ufos are responsible for uaps all those you know, i agree with you the reverse engineering stuff um but the other stuff is this constant barrage of in, uh, information that we've gotten over the last decade. Well, and it's think all it's... specific to certain technology, all specific to a certain way of travel. Uh, um, it's like you're being prepped. Like the it last is. 10 or 15 years. In 1993, I think everybody would have lost their mind if something would have landed or come through. Now it's kind of like expected. Well, I think that's what it is. I think they are desensitizing the general population uh, so that when it does happen, there's not a mass worldwide panic, right? People aren't standing in their front lawns trying to shoot at craft, you know, with their, with their guns, right? I mean, I think we need to get to the point where humanity comes to the realization and understanding about other intelligent life forms. I think it boils down to if they were hostile or they were anti-human, we would already know, right? I mean, they could already have annihilated, obliterated us quite easily. And that hasn't happened. That hasn't been the case. They're Two different uh, rules of thought here is that this is made up by world governments so that we come together with a common enemy so that we can just keep on doing what we do. But that's manufactured. Like they yeah. shoot down a plane or something like that. Right. But that would be manufactured. Correct. The other one is it's their way of introducing. They've been here all along and are slowly introducing themselves to us and letting us know what's up. Yeah. I want to believe it's the latter. I I have a feeling that it is and it's been a slow drip uh, to kind of get people desensitized and open to the possibility so that uh, the panic and the shock and the uh, the chaos that would ensue, you know, ensue from a you know, they, they the stereotypical or the White House, you know, landing on the White House lawn, right? Where right. it's so undeniable and it's so real. It's in your face. This is what's happening. Um, you know, it's possible that the powers that be, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit, they don't want us to really come into fruition. They don't perhaps want a society that is more, kumbaya we're all together on this planet as one all working together as one that there's a higher spiritual um, life to us right because then it's gonna take down kind of the system because the system's built on other things right it's not about this utopian society where we all work together and 
money and jobs are unnecessary because we have enough technology and the resources to provide for everyone that there doesn't need to be poverty or you know all these other world problems that we've had for for nearly forever and it's because that power is tightly controlled by a close-knit group of society who's removed from society their faces aren't on tv they don't run for political parties their families have transferred this power from one family to another to another and so forth and so on and that it would really be um it would they would have no reason to give up their power and to give up that control and you know to look at society as maybe like a chess game where you want to be moving the pieces you don't want to be one of the pawns I still, like I would say it like this before we all sound like we're all completely nuts, is that there is something to this. Um, 20 years ago, 21 years ago, when I started doing this, I channeled a little bit. And I had read a book about, you know, when, you know, you talk about people on the other side, that kind of stuff. This guy was saying that, yeah, of course, they're dead people, other spirits, blah, blah, blah. But E.T. exists in that realm as well that's how they can travel because we had talked about it on another show we talked about oh yeah you know the speed of light but what about the speed of thought you know what's the distance between me being a medium through something and somebody traveling there is none right so you know you think about it you're there when i you know before session if i'm thinking Hoping so, and then it's there. It's not like they're traveling from Boston to meet me. Right. It's instantaneous. Um, and if you guys are. Your DoorDash order has arrived. If you want to ask a question about it, please go ahead. Yeah. Um, it's another dimension. It's from what I understand as well. I mean, there has been times where I have had channeling with ET and it's, uh, it's more of a message of love and peace and, uh, the overall concern for humanity. And we're kind of under a microscope where we are right as human beings, like we have the spiritual connection, but then we have this very material connection as well, right? Where this UAP, UFO phenomena, right, is that there's they're coming from another dimension. There's another fabric of reality. There's another part that we don't understand. I'm sure as hell claiming not to understand it. Uh, it's intriguing and it's great to learn information and watch other interviews and you know, get information from other good, credible sources that really make you open your mind and think about that. Um, I had put um, someone in the military under once, and as they started to channel back their experience, they would sit there and describe, I go, what are you standing on? And all they would say is purple moist purple the yellow streaks across they were descriptions that weren't of here you know they were like uh colored and blah 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 it wasn't like i see a building here um and i'll never forget doing a past life regression with someone everything switched and instead of going backwards she went forward and she was talking about huge mining vessels that she was forced to work on. I'll mm. never forget that. Mm. She could describe where all the knobs were in the machinery, where one goes to eat, um, how like you took a shower was like just more like steam and chemicals. It wasn't like water dripping on you. It kind of blasted you clean. Mm. And um, this was centuries ahead. I think it was like 2200 something but I'll never forget that she shot to the future and was describing everything. I thought that was amazing. Oh, and 
I think time is just like, you know, even the comic book stuff. I mean, it's just time's not relevant right now. No, and I think time's not relevant. Time's only relevant to the flesh and body. And I think time is um, a concept. Time's a concept that we experience in this lifetime, but it's not the concept of everything else that's happening past this life, right? As if you were free from your physical form, your spirit is in another dimension, like we're talking about where travel is thought and where spirit could be visiting with you and me in a session, that spirit is also in another timeline looking after their newborn grandchild, uh, taking care of things that are happening later and things that have already happened in the past. They're still remembering when they were alive and they're communicating uh, to us from another place and time, right? Like I think that's a big problem is people view time as this linear equation, right? This point A to point B, not that it's multi-layers on top of each other, these the stacks, and that time is happening in a way that we haven't really understood or we're not taught, I should say, how exactly time works. We're taught also, maybe... I would challenge anyone listening today to challenge their thoughts about what the afterlife is supposed to be. Everyone has this concept that... There's an old white guy named Peter with a, a ledger. He lets you in or he lets you out. Um, I don't think that's the case at all. Um, I think there are many levels to once you leave here. Yeah. Uh, just there's more to it. I'm starting to feel it. I'm starting to write about it more and more and more. So it's like, that's just the way that it is. Why is the spell going on? I don't know. It keeps doing it. Your Uber order has arrived, right? Your DoorDash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm either I'm either living or dying. I don't know, one of the two. Or neither. What if it's <laughs> <sighs> But no, like I was saying before I got dinged to death. Um it's just more vibrational. It would be like I can't imagine somebody dying who was Muslim and Jesus Christ showed up for them, or if they were never have heard of a God at all, and somebody just showed up that you didn't recognize. I still believe the afterlife has to do with recognition. So you have to recognize something in order to cross into it. Well, if you believe it, it's true, right? And so, like, if you're raised in a Catholic household, you're raised in a raised in a Muslim household or Jewish household. Buddhist, right? Taoist, your, your understanding of what the world is and how everything works is formed from those early days, right? From your, your upbringing. And that starts to become what reality is to you because you don't know anything prior to. There are people who have past life regressions from early on age who remember their past lives, right? It's, it's rare, but it's not unheard of. Um, there's been well-documented cases that are easily researchable, even young children who could describe people in old family photos and black and white photos. Like, well, this is what happened to him. And this, this was this, and this is so-and-so's brother. And we were in war together. And this is my friend. And all these things start fact-checking and it's blowing people's minds. And, and so how is that possible? And then, you know, once you're born into this family and you have an idea of what religion is or no religion, right? So you can go either way. That starts to become your reality. What you know and believe starts making up this picture that we see, this, this physical world and, and the thoughts and ideas that are in it start being shaped by you, by your mind. Um, if you are raised open and that, hey, we are spiritual beings that are trapped in a physical world, in a physical form, but we have the ability to leave the body and the soul is actually more free than you were to believe that it was. 
I see but a question. Basically here, getting back to this whole UAP UFO thing, what I'm trying to bring up here too is that all, everything that we're talking about, I believe is a part of it. This yeah, I do too. I believe they used to say back in the days that the veil is getting thinner. Well, this is all about the veil getting thinner. And it's going to, it's like if people read the Bible or the Quran or whatever, and they actually read all the weird revelation type parts and everything. And if they could translate it into what actually happens, it would look kind of the same, but not be as scary looking. You know, if you saw fires in the sky, well, that could be something flying, something exploding. But, but we are about to believe we're going to see it. And it will be a basis of this UFO stuff probably within the next six months to seven years. So it's going to be building. That's what I heard in my head. So when I hear it in my head like that, I will keep it. So Yeah, um, it was taking me a little while to get to, the, to that point. But I guess what I was trying to convey is that this world that we live in is there is a physicalness to this world and that UAP are able to interact with us in a way here that we see it as a physical form, but they themselves may not have the confines of that physical dimension. Like we're talking about being able to come and go. I believe that we would both say that, um, Everybody keeps thinking, you know, space travel or I don't think it's necessarily space travel. It's dimensional travel. Yeah. We're going to hear that being more used. It's right. dimensional travel because you'd have to break dimensions to get from a star cluster 15 million light years away to here. Right. You know, we people don't even understand how far away the moon is. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's all right. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's a it's a scary topic for most, really. I mean, there's people who have never had experiences, right? They haven't had experiences with the afterlife spirits. They've never had experiences with actual ET, right? Or uh, something that was a higher vibration. That wasn't maybe a spirit that's ever taken a human form that may not have not be of our dimension, right? Not of this reality that we know of. Uh, and to them, these topics and these terms are just hogwash. It's just, uh, you know, very out there thinking. It's nothing that's tangible. It's not part of their their reality. You know, their reality sometimes is getting dressed, going to work, uh, taking the kids to school, making dinner, paying taxes, you know, saving up for that vacation. And their whole world is really wrapped up in this much different experience. And that person, if they were to come in contact with something of a higher dimension, it could shatter their fabric of reality, right? You know, it's like the whole head exploding, you know. And... I think, uh, to agree with you to a degree here is that um, I think the reason why it's, you know, one of the things I'd written earlier was that, you know, why now? Because I believe now everybody is a little more prepared for something big that would happen. You know, people wouldn't jump off the top of buildings, hopefully right now. Um, right. You know, the, the big conspiracy theory is that, the governments do this so that they can set up something at which it looks like the aliens are attacking us. Right. And that's the part that feels made up and crazy, but I think it could happen. I mean, nothing would bring the world together than a good old alien invasion. Well, you know, they've put it in the movies for so long. Uh, they've put it into TV shows and to other forms of media so that people have gotten have received like a slow drip of information to desensitize them to those possibilities. Um, and there could be an underlining agenda to wanting to falsify what UFO is in order to maintain some type of control over 
society and that they may potentially think that it's in their favor to use their own technology that we've either organically, you know, invented or reverse engineered from other events that have happened throughout history to create their own UFOs and that these things kind of would be a way to help control society. And that way they, I've heard things are, they want to start a new religion and this kind of falls into the, the, the false second coming um, by starting this new religion and showing UFOs on a regular basis that this would get people away from organized religion. They would have this new one world system. Um, this falls under like new world order type things with a one world government. Now it's like, oh, we don't need local police force. Your local police force can't handle an alien invasion. You know, your neighbor, John, who's a lieutenant in the, in the, uh, as a police officer, he's, he might not have the training, you know, to deal with this, but we've established now this new police force, right? This government police force, this world police force, and we're, we're going to have a world court and we're going to have one system that everyone can be bundled under. And well, there's already a space force. I know that's a real thing. Yeah. I've, I have seen something really, really cool. Uh, with a military friend of mine, we we're sitting up back at the ranch, right? We're on the property. We're on the tailgate of my truck and we're, we're looking east right towards New Mexico. And as we're talking, we're just chit-chatting. We see a light come up over the far, far southeast of the horizon in the sky, in the night sky, right above the horizon line, but deep into space where the stars are, right? And we see this light traveling and it's it's moving north from southeast to northeast at a really fast but consistent rate and we're just watching this thing just start moving and like hey do you see that and before i could say do you see that he's like yeah 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 i see it and that's not a satellite no 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 that's not a satellite well, that's not a shooting star. He's like, hell no, man. Shooting stars don't move like that, especially that low. And it's going from low to high. And as we're watching it, all of a sudden, it's like 12 o'clock in our vision, right? Like dead center in front of us, above us. And all of a sudden, we see a burst of three or five light coming from space, not from the ground, not light shooting up from the ground at this light that's moving across the sky, we see like Star Wars long lines, like the the white lines, like dot, 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 shoot at it. And right before the dot, dot, dot happens, right before this burst of like light is shot at it, it slows down. It was moving at the same constant speed. It slowed down and it stopped where it would have been, where the, the firing happens, it stops. And then it goes and it just shoots up straight up at just gone. And I look at him, he looks at me, I go, I think that was our star defense system. He's like, I think we just saw something pretty remarkable. And well, I've also <laughs> noticed other crazy coincidences. The um that eye that's in our logo and the triangle, that even the shape of the UFOs that have been seen in the last couple of years have been triangular shaped. Even the one from Philadelphia that was here two years ago, the th they look like three triangles across the sky. And, you know, somebody would probably say, like, I love that logo. I didn't design it. A client who felt overwhelmed to make the logo used the logo that you see that's all on our clothing wear and all of that stuff. And... She was like, you know, I think I'll just leave the triangle for the business card, yada, yada. I go, do not change a thing on that logo. Some of the symbols that you're hanging from the logo, I believe, mean something. And that symbol that we have, I have seen over and over again over the last several months. Ever since that symbol was given to me by Kristen when she did the logo. 
So like I said, folks, something big I think is getting ready to happen. Through all our rambling today, my biggest thing is that I, I don't get like that, you know, it's like, but I think it, it's it's sooner than we think, and it may happen very quickly. Um, you know, I, I just feel like that those big things are going to come up in bigger chunks. It might not be a pandemic in six weeks, but it'll be something, you know, yeah. that kind of well, stuff. There's, uh, there's been a constant raising of the fear level. Right. And uh, that might be something that is a control tactic to kind of keep people in line. Right. I mean, we had 9-11, the war in Afghanistan, Iraq, then pandemic. Right. And now now that we've kept that fear level at a heightened state, now they might be thinking UFO invasion. Right. This is a. This might be part of a much larger scare tactic in order to kind of keep society in check. I think the next thing that we see that is UFO might not be of ET origin. If we see UFO and they're involved in some type of UFO activity where it's broadcasted and pumped out over all the uh, airwaves, it may be a man-made UFO. Um, so, yes, it's unidentified. Yes, it's flying. High-ranking officials in government can't even get access to some of the information and these things that are uh, out there. And this might might be part of a much larger agenda. And so there's real stuff going on, and there's man-made stuff. Jessica asked, what are your thoughts on the recent UFO sightings in uh, in the Las Vegas area? Did you see any of those? No, I know about the ones that just happened a couple of weeks ago here, but in Las Vegas, they actually it's there's something definitely there. Uh, it's been all over TikTok, um, and Las Vegas is a lot like Arizona. You look up at the sky and you can see, but you can see where it crashes. Like you, the police camera shows where it goes down, and then you see them go through. I think that's fairly legit, um, Jessica. I, I do. I think that's pretty legit. Hmm. Um, and like here, the other night, you know, it's um, you have to be careful because there's so much stuff going on here. But in certain areas, you're looking up. You know, just a few weeks ago, there was something up in the sky here. It was on the news. I didn't see it, but it was it was up there. And people go, oh, it was out here in Westchester. Westchester is a little area. So, and there have been, and to Jessica's thing, there have been more and more sightings and pictures. Everyone has a camera now. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I keep thinking that this is going to be the time, that everything's coming up. You know, there are already ships that are moving along the Pacific coastline that are up in certain areas and states that weren't there a month ago. Mm. So, you know, stuff is going on. And I don't think it's a time of, like, being panicked and worried. I think it's just a time to be aware. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think if people opened themselves up, became aware, uh, the panic wouldn't be quite so as your first reaction, right? Um, if you if you look back to people of the First Nations and, um, you know, natives, oh, they speak of this all the time, said, yeah, these stories were passed down and that, you know, they came from the skies, they came from the heavens, they came from the other star systems, that they're, they're different types of different looks and sizes and... You know, and this has been happening before humans ever roamed the earth, right? Before even our reality the, of these things. Even have been in here. the Bible, uh, yeah. Daniel talks about, you know, circles of fire in the sky, you know. So this has gone on for a long time. I think people need to be aware of it, that this has been going on and that it's getting ready to happen. I don't say it like crazy in Choir Magazine, but there's just too much going on. I see it and feel it. Everything from our own logo symbol 
And I didn't, it'd be different if I really picked it out. I didn't. It was like, like it was almost handed to me by spirits. Like this person really, she knows you. And she, and she said, I just feel like I have to give it to you. And then I start to see the UFOs and they're all triangular. So, yeah, there's been a lot of different um, sightings, right? There's the tic tac ones, cigar shaped ones, circular, um, oblong, triangular craft. And, now, um, you watched something where they talked about what to watch out for that was fake or something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a really cool interview. Anyone's listening to our show probably could search up the gentleman's name. John DeSouza, a former FBI agent. Um, he was assigned to a lot of very strange, unusual cases that would come through to the FBI. And it was his job to investigate and follow up and research these events and cases. And some of his material was leaked, not by him, but by someone else within the agency um to a producer who ended up using some of his actual real cases in the show the x-files in the first season these were kind of ripped from the headline type things that they were discussing again so this was real things that had really happened to people that they were investigating were then used and turned around and publicized and published for entertainment and uh, given out to the general public. And like I said, it, pretty interesting things that some of these ships and some of these craft are ours, that we did reverse technology. We do have the ability to have a propulsion system and an energy system that is not petroleum-based, jet fuel-based, rocket-based. It's not uh, nuclear energy it's not uh gray matter energy right these are this is something else some type of other mechanism or some other type of previously unknown technology that does exist that we were able to create our own craft and so a lot of these times well you'll see something that's of ufo nature and then there'll be another ufo chasing it away or shooting at it. And, or sometimes you will see these come in contact with our military and then they even pumped it out and put it on the news. Right. But um, they're, they're taking this form of, well, we don't know what it is. And boy, if you guys could really help us out, you know, which is just completely asinine. Jane just came on and said, what are your thoughts? You know, He's talking about Sumerian text, that kind of thing, the Anunnaki. Um, I agree also to the point where, James, that um, there's crazy stuff. There's stories about, like, there have been hieroglyphic type of drawings at the very bottom of certain parts of the Grand Canyon. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, that makes no sense at all, but... People have been talking about the shape of our symbol here that sits above us for thousands of years. And, Jame, I think that they, that they have been around for longer than we have. Also, there have been stuff in the South Pacific, huge stuff coming out of the water and going back in again. I mean, right. huge supposed craft. Um and the only reason I bring it up is that there have been so many sightings that, you know, 50 might be wrong, but not 122. You know, so, yes, stuff's coming out of the air. Um, yeah, I, and that's – did you ever hear that, that there were, like, hieroglyphic type of drawings at the Grand Canyon? Yes. Oh, yeah, I researched it. There's actually a bunch of cave systems, if you were to be – uh, going down the Colorado River, right? And they take people on trips all the time, right? You can take a rafting trip with a tour guide and you can go raft the Grand Canyon. And there are cave systems where you can get off the water and go up to these caves and you can go inside some of these caves. There's other caves that are barred off. Some of right. these 
some of these barred off caves have signs on them that say bats and and that they're closed off because of the fear of people coming in contact with these bats that are going to spread a disease. But the bars are big enough for the bats to fly in and out of the cave. So then you start thinking about it. Well, aren't these bats leaving that cave and going to other caves? And you know why they, they've they... got it isn't bats. Of course not. No, they're blocking it off because I I read a story about a gentleman who pulled over and was spending a little bit too much time there. And within minutes of being there, uh, Forest Service was there. And they there's told gold him gotta... in them. There's gold in them, their caves. <laughs> gold in them heels. You know, well, actually, here's... the caves, some of those caves were mines. Yeah. They did find some gold. And when they found some of those hieroglyphic things and other things they started to close everything off right right well there's a really cool story from the uh, williams gazette williams is the gateway to the grand canyon for the longest time if you were going to the grand canyon you had to go through williams arizona and there's a train that takes you to the rim uh, there there was a guy from the smithsonian institute during the very very early 1900s uh Arizona was still a territory. It wasn't the state of Arizona. So this is pre-1912. There were some people who found something in these caves that resembled um, Egyptian artifacts, but also had a, a Buddhist-type feel to them, too. There was a lot of um sculptures there was cave drawings there were cave systems with stairs built into it with off shooting rooms with paintings and murals and so the smithsonian sent this anthropologist and archaeologist out to arizona to the grand canyon this guy finds these findings and he ends up in a bar in williams arizona and he's telling people at the bar that this is going to change uh the way we understand our society about how long earth has been around and how advanced civilizations have come and gone from earth and used earth as basically a mine to get the things that they need for materials that aren't found in other systems. And he, this story gets published in the Williams Gazette. Then it's closed down and, one of the people who was following up with this story, right? Cause it was a printed story. The newspaper starts looking up uh, the serial numbers used on the plaques that are on these gated off caves and the, the people who paid for these bars, right? The cages to go over the caves follows its way back to the DOD, the department of defense. So you're telling me the Department of Defense, in their budget, they're the ones who were paying to have these caves barred off and keep the public from getting access to. So that's kind of where it ties all in. So whatever artifacts were down there, they were gathered up, boxed up, shipped out, and removed from public site. Anything else that they couldn't remove or gather was closed off, barred off, and now patrolled. And any of that information has been really well suppressed because it doesn't fit into the to the uh, narrative, to the story that they really don't want everyone to know. It's This information is above us in their eyes that we don't really deserve or have the wherewithal to process this type of information. It's not for the general public. It's nothing that concerns us so this is for another group's information this is where maybe um they have a, a power over us right by having this information well the bottom line is that this is all all the texts all all that we've talked about has been going on for millennia. And it doesn't matter whether it's China. It doesn't matter whether it's South America. It doesn't matter whether it's Africa. It doesn't matter whether it's the Grand Canyon. There's some yeah. kind of 
you know, they say it's all a type of hieroglyphic text that they're all kind of using. Right. And it all had to come from one primary source at one time for it to branch out the way it did. I don't know if you agree with that, but I, I definitely see that. Um, but I think I think we might have copycatted what was being used here. Um, I mean, there, I mean, there has been human remains now that we have found um, in, I believe it, I'll have to look it up, but I believe it was in Thailand or somewhere in the Philippines, they were doing uh, some cave explorations and they found mummified human remains and they went back and they data, they carbon dated some of what they material that they brought out of there. And these were over 40,000 years old, 40,000 years old. And they were human. I mean, they look no different skeletory, you know, from you and I to this day. So they said, well, this, this doesn't fit in. You know, if we're finding something from 40,000 years ago, it should be Neanderthal, right? It, this should be an ancestor of what we've been told of who we are. Um, they had medicine bags, right? They had flowers and seeds. They were, their bodies were taken very good care of to be preserved for that long for one. So they had some type of advanced knowledge like the Egyptians had of how to slow the decaying process down, how to use something to preserve the body so it doesn't just completely rot away and disintegrate, right? So some some act of care and some type of religion, you know, or some type of belief system was used in the way that these bodies were placed. And they find this all over, you know, and it's not just once or twice. So what we know of as far as the timeline, that's what we kind of circling back to is is off. There, there's something more happening than we understand. And maybe these entities that have been coming here have been coming here for a very, very long time. And that knowledge was wiped away and removed and they left. And maybe we were, we were just here like the story of the Anunnaki, right? They came here, they mined earth. They left their working class that they created a hybrid uh, humanoid version of themselves that could live and work here. And when they left, they left with the promise of returning one day, you know. Uh, it's all really great theories. And I don't know. I know enough to know that I don't know. Um, maybe one day, maybe in our lifetime, Rick, we, we will find out some truths or maybe. Well, I think that, the, like, even Jane came on here and said, you know, recent claims of an alien craft that crashed in Brazil, and that was just on, you know. Um, and then there was, you know, Napoleon, I think, went to the pyramids, you know, during his wars and stayed overnight in, like, the king's chamber in the pyramid mm. and said that everything, like, the next day when he came out, he could barely speak of it. But he said it was a whole other world. Hmm. And well, he was stuck in the pyramid. He would just try to sleep there overnight to be next to the pharaoh. Right. And he said it was just a mind-altering experience to be in there. Well, just could, to stand in that energy. Well, I was going to say that energy could open vortexes. And it could maybe usher in entities and other things that are from other dimensions. Right? So that this this reality isn't maybe the real reality. Maybe this is our reality. It doesn't necessarily mean this is the real reality. Well, when you said that, I got a kind of a little tingling. You know, it is kind of the matrix. We're always creating and recreating our reality on some level. If you guys got anything out of today's show, that's what we're doing all the time. And, um, and before we wrap up, I just wanted to say, well, A, thanks to everybody for listening today. We do have edits coming in from the, the hospital shoot that we'll be working on this week. Um, and thank you to all the people, God, Katie McQuillan, um, 
Olivia Fornwalt, Molly Fornwalt, Leaf Falconeri. They've all been taking our clothing line, a group of them over in Maine shooting it. Um, Katie was just out at an event and shot stuff for us. So all of you guys who've gotten our clothing and stuff and sending us the pictures, keep doing. That's so sweet. And it makes for great content. And um, um, thank you all for listening to us. We're trying to keep this at least under an hour. So it gets hard to stick it in if I don't have to edit it out. But thank you for all the questions you, you're bringing and all the feedback you're bringing us about the podcast. It does not have to be like a ghost thing. If there's something mystical, psychic, anything like that that you'd like to see us cover, please email us and we will, you know, go to the website, email me, rickywood.net, and I will go over it next time. And uh, yeah, so please, thank you. And we'll try to do the podcast more and more live as we do it. I think it's just a fresher experience. So yeah. anything you'd like to say before we, we leave? No, no, we covered we covered a lot. We definitely opened a lot of doors. Hopefully people will do their own research. And uh, I would really know. think we ought to cover that uh, that Grand Canyon thing. I yeah. think there's more to that than we realize. Well, it's um, some pretty cool things there. Because I've heard yeah. that, that there was gold that was found there. Oh, yeah. Gold. And that's when they found the gold is when they found the hieroglyphics. Yeah. Have you ever heard of uh, the wing, the wing talkers, I think it's called? If uh, you know anything about that, Charo Canyon in northern uh, New Mexico. There's a two boys who were playing out in the desert and they were they were doing something and I forgot exactly what, but they entered an area that they were basically told by their mothers and grandmothers not to go into. There's bad spirits up there, blah, blah, blah. And they ended up entering into a cave, and one of the boys finds something that is described as a compass, but so ancient and so old that it definitely when you see it uh it is something of another dimension it is something that is far more superior and advanced but is also very very old compared to what we have now as far as the age of things right how how things look um and then they end up finding this cave system and there's murals and it basically talks about the different entities that have come through this this portal this this area um, into what we have is like the the native uh, communities right like the origin stories the creation stories of the Hopi who their stories predate Navajo Zuni and uh, Anasazi right and they talk about that they came from earth from inside of earth and that another type of basically they look like aliens were called the ant people to them with they had antenna long bodies with big heads they saved them and they nurtured them and they kept them alive until things had calmed down on the surface and they basically brought them up to the surface and that was you know that's their part of their creation story. I might have butchered it a little bit, but I mean, you can look into it and read the Hopi creation story about how the ant people brought them to the surface. Well, get your bearded ass on Google and get us some information about the ant yeah. people and I'll happily talk about it with you. Kelly's on here. I'm not talking to Kelly though, because Kelly, Kelly, I know, said that she was going to get an outfit and get on some Ducati motorcycle and take pictures, but evidently that must not be the Kelly I'm thinking of. Must not well, be. Maybe. I don't know who that is. It must be some other one. We'll <laughs> never know. We'll never know. Yeah, she's she's doing this now. I can't believe I brought up my name. Um, and you guys, thank you so much. I mean, it has been a work in progress for us to just learn this podcast system. Everything from volume control to putting the podcast out. 
I feel like I need a drink right now. It just gets so stressful. <laughs> but uh, I, I thank you guys all so much for supporting um, Sean and I. So uh, until next week, thank you all very much. Sleep well, everyone. And if you're watching throughout, listen. Don't forget we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Pandora. All them fun places. Amazon Music, we're there. So yeah. thank you guys. Have a wonderful night. Thanks. See you, buddy. See ya. I had to put that little, like, <laughs> an alien singing to a to a dead person. <laughs> oh, we're still alive. We're still ticking. Okay.